Great pleasure that I welcome you to Soul of Islam Radio. Soul of Islam Radio is a leading-edge personal growth and spiritual development podcast available entirely for free throughout the world. My goal is to support you in your path of personal transformation and spiritual growth and to support an awakening within our global community. The present and the future depend upon our commitment to the highest and most noble ideals of a spiritually awakened life. Thank you for joining us. This is Ihsan, and this is Season 5, Episode 2. You may have heard of Dune, which is again a major film production slated for a December 2020 release directed by Denis Villeneuve, who directed both Arrival and Blade Runner 2049 to, in his own words, prepare himself for Dune, and starring the likes of Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Dave Bautista, Stellan Skarsgård, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Zendaya, and many others as well as the soundtrack and score being composed by the legendary Hans Zimmer, who has created the ambiance and feel for films like Interstellar, Inception, The Last Samurai, Batman Begins, and many others. This is not the first time that Dune has been attempted for the big screen. There was an earlier abandoned attempt in the 1970s that actually helped lead to the creation of Star Wars, and then another attempt in 1984 directed by David Lynch, and starring the likes of Sir Patrick Stewart and even Sting, which was a very interesting interpretation, and a more recent sci-fi miniseries released in the early 2000s that was visually far more accurate to the original story than the psychedelic hard rock vision produced in the 1980s. There is a reason that Dune has been so elusive. First, few have thus far understood its deeper dimension and context, its deeply esoteric and spiritual roots and inspiration. We can but hope that Dennis Villeneuve's adaptation will be as true to the original as possible, and that it will capture its essence and transmit something of its power and inspiration, as did Peter Jackson with his excellent and masterful production of The Lord of the Rings. Second, the reason that a major film production of Dune hasn't yet quite hit the mark is because it simply hasn't yet been time. Yet I feel... That time is now. So what is Dune? What is it about? And why now? Dune is, quite simply, an alchemical work of fiction set thousands of years in the future on a desert planet named Arrakis, also referred to as Dune. The original work was published in 1965 and written by Frank Herbert. Yet here's the thing. Dune takes massive inspiration and insight from classical Islamic spirituality and mysticism and transmits something of its essence to the reader in a subtle way that leaves the individual somewhat and somehow transformed through the reading. This is why I refer to Dune as alchemical in nature. It is subtle, yet profound. Much of this transmitted transformation has to do with the cultures and their respective states of consciousness that inhabit the world of Dune, particularly that of the Fremen, 
who are hardened and ascetic desert dwellers that have learned to survive on the most inhospitable planet in the universe, in a world in which literally every drop of water is sacred. I first read Dune when I was a teenager, and actually did not remember enough of it from then, nor properly understand its significance and power, until I reread it many years later in my 30s, after having at that point already dedicated over a decade to studying faith, religion, and spirituality. This second reading was profoundly powerful and transformative, and I highly encourage reading Dune, particularly if you follow my work and are interested in matters of faith, religion, spirituality, personal development, the awakening of human potential, and the unique age that we have been created and chosen to live in, what prophets, mystics, and saints have referred to as Akhir Zaman, which can be translated as the latter days or the end days, in which climactic events will not only lead to great upheaval in the world, but will also usher in a new era of illumination, beauty, light, spirituality, and divine purpose. The Prophet Muhammad spoke of a man, Al-Mahdi, who would lead humanity in an age of darkness back towards the light, away from materialism, indulgence and excess in the world, and back towards faith, beauty, and spirituality, and so prepare the way for the second coming of the Messiah, Al-Masih, Jesus, the son of Mary, peace, blessings, and light be upon him. This is precisely and explicitly what Dune is about. The fact that it is now being released into global consciousness is no accident, for by divine will nothing is, and all things serve a divine purpose, particularly for they who observe the signs of God and who reflect. I will likely create additional pieces of content based upon Dune, for I believe there is great value within it and that it contains essential lessons to be learned. Yet in this post, I will but share what I believe the essence of Dune to be about. Dune is very much concerned with the awakening of human potential. It is towards this end that many of the denizens of the universe and the orders and disciplines that they constitute, from the sorceress Bene Gesserits, who seek to subtly influence and manipulate politics in the universe, to the Machiavellian and mechanical Mentats, who are essentially human supercomputers in the service of the heads of the great houses, to the mysterious Spacing Guild, who are responsible for managing and making possible interstellar travel with its near-infinite variables and complexities, to the mysterious Fremen of the deep deserts of Arrakis, whose way of life is fundamentally spiritual in nature, and who specifically await the coming of the Mehdi, who they believe will lead their subjugated peoples to freedom and liberation, and who will herald the beginning of a new age of divine authority. Perhaps to best understand Dune, we can look at some of its major motifs and the significance of the role they play in crafting the world and reality that comprises the story. First, the planet. Arrakis. Dune. Without question, the most inhospitable and difficult world in the known universe that can yet support and sustain life. Nearly no water is available on the world at all, and so every drop is sacred and spiritual. It is important to note that in the faith-based teachings and path of the Prophet Muhammad water is considered sacred, spiritual, and in fact light and energy, and not to be wasted in the least. In fact, to illustrate the sanctity of water, many of the men and women of knowledge have asserted that wasting water while performing ablutions comprises the sanctity of the spiritual act, 
and that great care and reverence must be reserved when using water. Spirituality is no stranger to the desert, for the spiritual have always sought both solace and connection with the divine in the deep desert. The great prophets and messengers of God, Moses, Jesus, and the Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings be upon them all, all sought and took refuge in the deep desert, in its beautiful and barren topography, in which there is nothing but sky. For in that emptiness, in the very void that the desert produces, there lies the greatest possibility for man to connect with God, the transcendent, the absolute, the eternal, the source of all life, the Lord of creation and the universe. The desert has always necessitated and strengthened spirituality, and it is in the harshest of deserts that the Fremen of Dune live. Consequently, they have developed a fierce warrior culture based on adab, which is excellence in the slightest of details, for the slightest of details upon Dune mean the difference between life and death. It is for this reason that they refer to the Mahdi as Mu'addib, or in Arabic, he who institutes and cultivates adab, he who demonstrates excellence in character and conduct. This is a direct reference to the precise role and function of the prophets and messengers of God, most notably the last and final prophet of God, the Prophet Muhammad who expressly stated that the precise purpose of his mission was but to perfect noble character. In other words, to evolve human consciousness and human civilization. It is of utmost importance to note that the evolution of humanity in Islam and in spirituality is not equated with technological progress, but rather with human excellence. Sadly, in the world in which we now live, we have substituted human development and excellence in culture and conduct with technological advancement and progress, leading to a type of planet of the apes, in which we are actually regressing as a species through cultural deterioration and devolution, necessitating the manifestation of he who will bring humanity back to the path, the rightly guided one that will again place preeminent importance upon adab and akhlaq, upon conduct and character upon culture, before humanity utterly destroys itself under the unconscious influence of its lower self, which is known in Arabic as the nafs, or the ego in English. Within the great deserts of Dune live the great sandworms of Arrakis, massive creatures that span hundreds, even thousands of meters in length. While the great sandworms are utterly and universally feared by all who have ever even heard of them, for even the smaller specimens have the capacity to swallow entire stations whole, and who are sensitive enough to detect even the footsteps of individual stragglers upon the sands of Dune, the Fremen have learned to actually master and ride these great worms, often as part of a rite of passage for a man, a warrior, and a leader of the people of the desert. This is a direct and hidden esoteric teaching within Frank Herbert's work, implying that manhood and maturity can only be attained when an individual learns to master the self, for this is precisely what the great sandworms of Dune represent, the lower self, the nafs, that which blinds and prevents a human being from his or her true potential as a spiritual being. Learning to ride the great worms is only possible by learning to master the self, and this means both discipline and the transcendence of fear, for there is no way for a man to stand up to and face such a creature so massive that it fills his entire vision, except by first mastering his very self. 
and by ascending beyond the limitations of the mind. In other words, only after first mastering oneself can one hope to master the great beast and the world. This is Herbert's interpretation of the chivalrous knight of old facing off against a great dragon. Again, another direct reference to the battle against the self, known as Jihad and Nafs. For the spiritual implication of battling the fire-breathing and oftentimes winged worm of myth is that if the beast within can be mastered, the self can then in effect become the very Burak, the winged steed that carries a human being to his or her true goal and destination, the divine presence of the Almighty. And so, in Dune, you will hear Paul Atreides often recite the litany against fear, which reads, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. The very state that this litany refers and seeks to guide one to is a state of stillness, a state of surrender, a state of pure presence, from which is accessible divine power and peace, the very definition of the word Islam. This is why the believer throughout human history has expressed the sublime state of surrender in prostration by placing the forehead to the ground, in effect bowing the self and the mind in submission to the great Lord of the worlds, seeking stillness and transcendence, so as to awaken a deeper faculty and capacity within the human being, that of the heart and its superior consciousness. The awakening of heart-based consciousness is the precise and ultimate goal of spirituality and of faith, of religion. For it is only through the heart that a human being can access the very spirit and light that connects his or her being to the divine presence of God. It is for this reason that the great master of Islamic spirituality, Shah Bahauddin Naqshban of Central Asia, in completing the codification of spiritual principles first established by Shaykh Abdul Khalak al-Khujdiwani as culminating in the awakening of the human heart, or the awakening of heart-based consciousness. Heart-based consciousness is, in essence, spirit and soul-based consciousness, and is far superior to the limited and fear-based calculating state of mind, fundamentally based in fear and conjecture, that otherwise governs human consciousness. It is to this that the Fremen have access, their spiritual state and condition augmented by the spice melange, that is found and cultivated within the deep deserts of Arrakis, and that results in eyes of total blue. Blue, which is the color that represents water and the color of the sky, on a deeper level is the color of spiritual light and divine energy, known in Arabic as Qudra, or in Chinese as Qi, in Japanese as Ki, and Prana in Sanskrit. It is to this that the hearts of the men and women of the desert are connected, the world of the unseen and the spirit, and why their savior, the Mahdi, is directly referred to amongst their people as Lisan al-Ghaib, literally, the tongue of the unseen, a direct reference to the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, who was specifically the one who recited the revelation from the unseen and from the divine presence of God, beginning with the very first verse of the Qur'an revealed, Iqra, recite. It is this divine and spiritual capacity to tap into the light, power, energy and guidance of the unseen that is most fully realized in the Mahdi. 
for he, above all else, is the inheritor of the Prophet. And although he does not come with a new revelation, he arrives with the ability to guide human beings ever deeper into its realities, knowledge, wisdom, light, power, and true meaning. In classical Islamic spirituality, all of creation exists within what is known as Bahrul Qudra, the ocean of power, light, and energy. Blue is the color that represents this subtle spiritual field that is the literal substrate and medium within which manifests creation. And so you will see in Dune the very eyes of they whose hearts have turned towards truth and reality, towards eternity, as a direct result of lives based in discipline and spiritual restraint in the desert of the world, take on the very hue of spiritual energy, light, and power. Blue. And then it is this, the spiritual and ascetic warrior culture of the Fremen that truly is at the heart and soul of Dune. It is this that is transmitted in the reading and through which the soul begins to awaken. Imagine a world in which every drop of water is sacred, in which nothing is wasted, in which excellence and discipline have fashioned the strongest and fiercest people the universe has ever produced and who are deeply spiritual in nature and in culture. And we begin to understand what Dune is about. Ultimately, it is about a sacred spiritual path, the way of Zuhud, for which there is no apt English equivalent, but which means a type of spiritual asceticism and minimalism, the way of restraint, strength, and discipline. It is the way of the warrior, and in the world in which we now live, in which human beings have lost culture, strength, and resilience, in which we are seeking to create ever safer spaces that only seek the appeasement and indulgence of the lower and false self, the ego, what can be more necessary? There is far more to be said, and if God wills, it will be said. Yet, in the meantime, I highly recommend picking up a copy of Dune, sticking with it, enjoying it, and allowing it to affect the change that the soul is seeking, change that reminds us of who we truly are, why we are here, and why now. For now is the time. Dune is coming, and in the words of the Duke Leto Atreides, the sleeper must awaken. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Soul of Islam Radio. I sincerely hope that this has been not only informative, but also transformative, and that this content will continue to support you in your personal path of spiritual growth, development, and awakening. With Soul of Islam Radio, it is my goal to educate and to inspire, and to help us continually develop our path and practice so as to progressively awaken to our true selves and to our divine purpose and potential. To continue this journey, here's what you can do next. Visit us at www.spiritualexcellence.com where you can get access to exclusive resources, knowledge, and learning that will help you deepen your experience and understanding of faith and of spirituality. At spiritualexcellence.com, you will learn how to make real and relevant the spiritual path of awakening and personal development and how to reach greater levels of peace, prosperity, health, happiness, and success both in this life and the next with the grace and guidance of God, the Most High. Also, if you have not yet done so, please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and leave us a review. 
This will help others find Soul of Islam Radio, and I would personally greatly appreciate it. Lastly, please feel free to share this resource with family and friends who you feel may benefit from tuning in to Soul of Islam Radio. Again, thank you for joining us and for committing to your own personal growth and spiritual development. This is Ihsan, wishing you and your loved ones joy, success, happiness, peace, and prosperity in both this life and the next, to your divine, eternal, and absolute success. Oh.